Italian Wine Podcast. Chin Chin with Italian Wine People. Hello, this is the Italian Wine Podcast. My name is Monty Ward and my guest today is Denise Maroni from Agricola Maroni in the Piemonte region in the north of Italy. Welcome. Hi, hi guys. Okay, just give us a little bit. Whereabouts in um, Piemonte are you? We are in La Morra, so five minutes far from Barolo, really in the heart of the Barolo production area, in the center of the valley. So it's a family-run estate and you are which generation? Uh, it's already the fourth <laughs> so it's uh, all my life uh, and talking uh, about me and my two sisters we are the three of us now of course mommy and daddy are still with us and they probably will be retired before them but uh, uh, it's a family affair and we like to follow it there's uh, already the fifth generation there's a lot of uh, sons and daughters so why not hopefully so at this particular moment in time um what successes are you having in the market what are the wines that are popular now um, irrespective of covid uh, exactly. Let's talk about uh, 2020 and 21 because we're already in May and uh, there's uh, some changes. Uh, there's uh, some uh, new projects and perspectives. Uh, for example, we bottled uh, just on Friday uh, our rosé wine, a combination of Nebbiolo and Barbera grapes. Beautiful wine, even if Piemonte is not known for the rosé, but trust me, it's the pizza wine of okay, K, but it makes a 14 and a half of alcohol so it's a really good pizza wine and uh, very fresh coming out from the fridge at the end of the pizza you are drunk (laughs) what was what's it made from sorry i didn't get that Uh, barbera nebbiolo the name of the rosé is dolce vita of course and what about um what about arnes is that still popular because that was quite trendy for a while has that got off the ball no 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 you're right it's I think the most famous of the whites of our region and very well known for example is the white we sell the best in Germany together with the favorita so it's another white grape grown up here and it is the same DNA like the Vermentino of Toscana of Sardinia but more and more popular because Arnaise has this bitter aftertaste that not everybody likes so if you don't expect it maybe it's a little bit strange, but the favorite is very fruity, very pleasant. It goes in the direction of the white flowers. Is this kind of a wine you drink on the terrace with the friends and, and you enjoy it? What about the uh, Trefier? What's that made from? <laughs> Trefie is the Arnaise, is our best Arnaise, the selection, and in our dialect means three daughters. So it's our dedicated wine. And a good food match for that? Oh, everything that is not too heavy. So uh, start with the antipasti based on eggs, based on vegetables and the frittata, something like that. Till a good fish, till a good pasta. Mm, white meat, why not? Because it has a very good structure. Is the eldest vineyards of Arnaise we have. So it can go, it can pair with many dishes. In terms of climate change for the white wines, is... Um... Is it easier for whites or is it easier for reds coping with slightly warmer temperatures? 
it's a long subject because this climate changing, okay, we can see it, we can experience it, but till today, we like it because it made us work in a better way, both in a white or in a red grape. It rains less, but we forced the plants to go deeper with the roots, to fish more water, to fish more freshness directly in the soil and leaving more or less leaves the, the leaf wall longer or shorter depending on the vintage. So we are working in respect of the plant more and more to let it feel better, to let it live better. So um, whites, of course, needs a little bit more of cure because if you lose the freshness in the grapes, you have less acidity, so it's more difficult to produce wines uh, long-lasting. In the reds, uh, you risk less because with the norisoprenoids and you work better, the carotene and so on, you have less diseases. But uh, the focus is on the plants mainly. Is, is viticulture, is it, is it a lot more work or is it just a different kind of work now with um, climate change? No, it's more. You need to work more. We have a, a team of guys that work with us since ever, since more than 10 years. And so they know very well all our plants and the exposition and the situation of the different parts of the vineyard. And so they know what to do, but they are up there every single day. Now there's also the task of the European community to uh, force us to use to have more grass. So again, to follow better the health of the plants and so you need to go every day because we don't use any chemicals, we don't use any pesticides, whatever. So every single day is a new day in the vineyards. Just tell us a little bit about this um, ruling from the European Union about um, about grassing. Yes, uh, and we, we like to do it because it follows what we like. And so it's not, you know, if you want to certify biological uh, or to put something written on the label, maybe you agree with 80% of the laws and you need to follow the rest. We are certifying with another one, with the, the ECQ, and this one, we agree... Mm, 99% of what it is written because it starts from the beginning, it starts in the vineyards and then it goes to the cellar and then it goes to the bottles. So it's something that we do since ever and is just following written stuff, but they are very, very normal for us. So that's why I tell you I'm not that friend with what it is written. I like, I much prefer what it is logical. Okay, that's a good, that's a good way of putting it. What about, um, we didn't talk about the Garvey. Um, you make a Garvey that Comune di, di Gavi, DOCG. How does the Gavi variety react to um, more heat or more sunlight or stronger sunlight? Uh, it's uh, first of all, uh, it has a, a funny history, a funny story, this Gavi, because it is a wedding joint venture. Because uh, my sister got married with uh, the guy, the analog that produces uh, the Cortese grapes. And so it's again everything in the family, even if uh, there's a hundred kilometers of distance. And so uh, I can tell you the reaction of the Cortese that has uh, this uh, thinner skin, it's a little bit more difficult to follow. So much more you need to be careful of the 
agricultural tractor activities, grass and blah, 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 because Cortese is more delicate. Uh, Favorita and Arnais and Chardonnay, of course, has a deeper skin. So even if you are not exactly in the best of the expositions, you can do easily. Uh, in this case, for us, both Gavi and Gavi di Gavi, we need to work more, what you were asking me. Okay, tell me about the uh, Dolcetto, Dolce Vita, the Rosato. Have you made to make any changes on that regarding climate change to not get too much colour, for example, in the wine? To have less color because uh, concentrating more in the skins, you risk to have too much color. And now the, the idea, the fashion is to have uh, this uh, salmon color, this uh, very light color uh, rosé. And so we need to have less contact. Normally we leave it 16, 18 hours in contact with the skins and then we need to separate them. Should we talk about um, your red wines? Let's start with the Barbera d'Alba, uh, Carlotta or Carlo. And Carlotto, because Carlo was the name of my grandfather, and Cascina Carlotto is the one that is uh, on the labels, and it is our bigger farmhouse close to Alba, where my family comes from. And so it takes the name from Carlo, who lived there all the life long. And Barbera Carlotto, together with the Dolcetto Carlotto, we have two wines with the, the same name, are the more everyday wines that we have, what he was used to drink at all. Uh, lunchtime a glass together with a pasta dish so that's why we decided to dedicate uh, both Barbera and Dolcetto to him and uh, La Pantelera which is the uh, DOC Superiori Barbera d'Alba yeah La Pantelera you know what it is uh, it's uh, a game it's, uh, that normally was played on the piazza uh, on top of our hills and it is a very old uh, style, uh, old game that my grandfather was used to play when he was young, then just to follow as a spectator when he was uh, elderly and it consists like a tennis but uh, played without a rack only with the hand wrapped in a piece of uh, leather and with a small leather ball and going from one side to the other to a, in a very long field, uh, teams of four persons. So, and this, the, the, the correct dialectal name is balloon, that means ball in Italian. And La Pantalera is a variation of this game played where the, the field was too short to make it in a regular way and so the first jump was done on the wall of the church and on the wall of the church there was attached a piece of wood this was la pantalera so sometimes if you stroll around in our old villages you can still see something strange on the wall of the church this is la pantalera and so again the top line aggressive this La Pantalera. They are all names and wines dedicated to the memory of my grandfather because he deserves it, because he was the first one really following the path of the elegance and the quality on our wines, not just quantity, but quality. Listen, if the, uh, if the wine career doesn't work out, you'd be a brilliant sports commentator. Okay, next, let's talk about um, the big hitters, the Barbaresco and uh, Barolo. 
you want to start with um, Barbaresco? Barbaresco, it's uh, a new entry because it's just uh, more than 10 years that we make it, but it's not uh, all the life because uh, it was uh, a beautiful field facing Cascina Carlotto, so less than 10 kilometers far from uh, our family farmhouse. And uh, there was an old guy who didn't have the family following, so he decided to sell this piece of land uh, under the village of Trezio in a beautiful exposition, a small one, but plants that was more more than 50 years old. And so we started making Barbaresco. But we started with the head of Barolo producers. So uh, full body, so big shoulders, uh, long aging potential. And so the first years of the production, we didn't like the result and we decided not to sell it. We used it to make the San Carlo, which is one of our blends. So it's only six, seven, eight years maximum that we are selling Barbaresco with the label Barbaresco. And now we we are happy because it has the same elegance, the same perfumes, the same structure of a Barolo, but liar, drinkable. So a glass that you can really enjoy, not having the structure of a Barolo. So they can have the two different potentials on the same level of quality. Okay, let's talk about the uh, Barolo Bussia. Barolo Bussia is the top of the top for us because we make only boy a thousand bottles a year and uh, it's uh, the only pure MGA that we bottle because uh, we have a small field uh, not far from the cemetery of Barolo so in a beautiful exposition and uh, we decided only in the last years to bottle a part of the MGA by itself because for us the Barolo the traditional family familiar Barolo is the PKMA and it is a combination of two territories, of two MGAs, of Ciocchini on the village of La Morra and this part of the Bussia. But it was the old style. The Barolo has always been a blend. Then with this changing on the MGAs, we decided to make it by itself and we like it a lot because it has so much personality and it reflects so much the soil where it is planted. So closing your eyes, you can really feel that you are in Bussia. And so for the Barolo lovers, this is really the Barolo I can suggest because the other, the PKMA, that instead PKMA means more than good in our dialect. So again, connected to something that my grandfather said. And this is the one that we suggested to start with because it's more pleasant, more drinkable. It focuses everything on the drinkability. And so then a second step, the Bussia can come. Interesting about you, how you, the way that you, the way that you describe them. Are there any particular dishes that you like with those? Um, you have like a particular dish for each particular Barolo, or are you not fussy? No, always we say Barolo, the, the best pairing is with good friends. And then uh, you, the best you have in the dishes, the more it pairs with the wine because a very good brasato or some meat with a good sauce. So you have the top of the wines, you have these tannins and the acidity that cleans up your mouth. So you can follow eating and drinking and the food is good and the wine is good. So it's really, you know, Piemonte, the best well welcoming is to open a bottle and to put something on table. So the more you grow in the quality of the wine, the more you have to grow in the quality of the food and the, in the length of the of the eating of the meal, because you need hours to arrive at the end. Okay, let's talk about dolcetto. Dolcetto is 
every day. So dolcetto is what Piemonte is known for in a regular meal because it is pleasant, fruity, you can find these cherries and the nice color in the glass and it is not too heavy so you can drink a glass for lunchtime and going working in the afternoon. So he's not talking about the Christmas Barolo. And is there a big difference between, I think, do you make two dolcetti or not? Do you do the Carlotta? Yeah, we make two dolcetti, but we'd like to end up with only one because the dolcetto Carlotta, that is the selection, we age it three months in oak and it's not the personality, it's not the style of the dolcetto, but talking about dolcetto d'alba, not talking about Dogliani and so on. So talking about our light style dolcetto, a fresh one, a wine that you can also put a half an hour in the fridge during the summertime. So avoiding oak, it's our future project. It, what would you have to change viticulturally to make that real? The younger vineyards are the best ones. But even if you have also the old ones to put together, so to make a mix of the ages, at the end it works because, you know, dolcetto is very uh, delicate also as kind of a fruit. So you need to harvest it better two days in advance than two days later because you risk to ruin the skin and then during the fermentation to make a marmalade of everything together. So also the eldest plants can give you the right quality to do that. Does Dolcetto like a particular soil in your in your vineyards? See, uh, our vineyards, they are on top of the hill where it is more fresh air, it's more windy, and where it is a little bit more shadowy because it is at the border of an old wild. And uh, underground, the soil, it's more sandy. So it has more or less the same behavior of the Arnaise that it is planted really close by. Okay, let's talk about the Lange Rossi. You have uh, Passione. And the San Carlo that we, were, uh, that we were talking before. The blends are now, today, in 2021, a difficult subject because mainly abroad, there's more a search for 100% something. Because Barbera is well known, because Nebbiolo is well known, the quality of the different grapes are very well known. And so the blends we like as producers because we can put in what we prefer. We can reason, we can try to change a little bit the blends, changing the different tanks where we fish the wines. So it's uh, uh, the, the expression of uh, our will, of our winemaking. Then uh, for the, the other, the opposite on the other side, it's much more balanced wines because you can really try to find the point. And so we like, we like to present them, but we know that it is much easier to sell them in our seller shop because we can explain the way I'm doing now and not just reading them on a wine list somewhere because Langer also says everything and nothing. That's interesting. I mean, that's very interesting how, how people have preconceptions about um, in certain regions. In Bordeaux, for example, if, it, if it's only made with one grape, maybe apart from Merlot, people will start screaming and say, hey, that's completely wrong. Exactly, exactly. It's exactly the opposite. And you never go to France to find one single grape. You say, why? <laughs> unless, 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 like obviously in Burgundy, when it's kind of, uh, it's so uh, well known, but um, I would have thought these blends would have been very versatile, you know, you, with Nebbiolo, Barbera, Dolcetto, giving different aspects to the wine. And uh, But I can understand that on the other side, maybe it's just confusing for people. 
Uh, but yes, I was talking with uh, someone in the uh, US only 15 days ago and uh, about again uh, this subject of the MGAs and the Barolo single vineyard and so on and so on. So now Piemonte reminds uh, these small parcels and uh, these uh, very different soil composition in two kilometers. So probably this is the reason why also the other grapes, the Nebbiolo de Barbera, are following because it's something that confuses a lot. I needed a lot of time to explain what was written on a label because Lange Rosso is a blend but Lange Favorita is pure 100% Favorita and PKMA and Bussia PKMA is a fantasy name Bussia is the name of an MGA um, it's not that easy to understand uh, for us uh, it's normal because we know it's in Sever but now I can understand how difficult it is 10,000 kilometers away Okay, final wine or final question. Nebbiolo d'Alba, the Agrestis, which is 100% Nebbiolo, is that your best value wine? Uh, yes, uh, because a little bit we were lucky about uh, the weather, about uh, the exposition of this uh, vineyard, because it is in a beautiful uh, place, uh, again, uh, in Madonna di Como, so in our family farmhouse. It's all the uh, vines, so they give us the right quality. And so in my opinion, because then tastes are always subjective, I really think it's one of the best value for money that we have now on our shelves. And so, yes, I agree. I'm happy. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I, I've, I've tried it. I think, it, I mean, for what it costs and the quality you get, it really over delivers. And it just shows how strange people are with looking at Nables. Uh, if you put that as a Barolo, people, a lot, no, a lot of people would never know, you know. Yes, I know. I know what you mean. But also because the kind of activities done on this Nebbiolo is exactly the same as for a Barolo. Eh? It's just the difference of soils that makes the difference of the wine. Because for the rest, the aging is only big oak and the stocking oak. So the same that we use for the Barolo. And 20 days of fermentation in contact with the skins like the Barolo. So it's just a matter of 15 kilometers of distance. That's it. Perfect. Okay. Well, that was a little whirlwind uh, explanation of the wines uh, that you and your um, family make um, and the way you describe them. You're very, very clear and your enthusiasm absolutely shines through. Thanks very much, Denise, uh, from Agricola Maroni. Nice to hear you and uh, we wish you and your family every success. Thanks a lot. And we can't wait to see you all here, really. On Monday, next Monday, it seems we can open the doors again. So cross the fingers. Fingers crossed. Okay. Thanks a lot. Take care and say hi to the family. Yeah, grazie. Ciao. Listen to the Italian Wine Podcast wherever you get your podcasts. We're on SoundCloud, Apple Podcasts, Himalaya FM and more. Don't forget to subscribe and rate the show. If you enjoy listening, please consider donating through italianwinepodcast.com. Any amount helps cover equipment, production and publication costs. Until next time, cin cin.